because what we need to do is we need to honor Dr. Jacobs, Pastor Diana, Pastor Jordan, Pastor Jessica. Their family has sown their life into this because they want to see you have a future and no spiritual things. We're going to honor them tonight, and then I want y'all to do me a big favor. When you go back home, thank your pastors. They have made tremendous sacrifices for you to be here so that you can know the things of God because a lot of us talk about, I wish I had an environment like this when I was your age because I believe that some things I've gone through, I wouldn't have had to go through had I had this kind of opportunity. And so I, I want to encourage you, take advantage of it. I want to encourage you, appreciate what God has put in front of you, even though you may not fully understand it all right now. I, I want you to think and appreciate God for what he's putting before you because he thinks that much of you. And thank God for the people that he puts in your life to make sure you know these things. Because none of us know anything on our own. And if God not put people who did not quit, would not quit, would not compromise, because they had you on their heart. Don't you ever doubt for one minute that you're not loved. You are deeply loved. And I just want you to take the opportunity because you're going to see things unfold. Thank your pastors. Thank your parents for making the sacrifice for you to come here. Be appreciative of what you have because God is going to do so much more through you. Don't you discount this moment. Don't you make light of this moment. Yes, have your fun. But before we get started, let's honor them. Let's honor Dr. Jagas, Pastor Diana, Pastor Jessica, Pastor Jordan. Come on. And one more thing. These volunteers, let's give them honor and respect and thank them. Some of them have taken their vacation days so you could be here. Some of them have children at home. Vacation time they could have taken with their families. They're doing it for you. Amen? So let's honor that and be, and you just see one of them say, hey man, thanks for volunteering your time. You know, vacation is, is paid vacation. And normally people take vacation for doing stuff they wanna do for leisure. And they want to be here with you because they love you too. I just wanted to take a moment because I was just thinking about what it takes. And then in the midst of what they call a pandemic, they said, no, we're doing this because God wants to do something through you. Amen. You can be seated. I, I, I just, that's it's just on my heart. Because I think about this culture in day and time, and I often think about mom and dad, Jacobs, what they teach us, how they help us, and uh, we were built for it. And I'm grateful, because there was a time in my life that I did not know the good news. It's good news. You know why they call it good news? Because it's good. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to pray and we're going to get started, but I want to talk to you about the good news and what's good about it. Amen? Amen. I just figured, you know, I had enough of bad news. I had bad news all my life. And if you go look for bad news, you can have all the bad news you want. But I found out if I open my Bible, I can have the good news I want. Amen? And since I have a choice, I just decided I'm going to stay with the good news. Amen? And I want you to know you have a choice. You may be looking at situations and circumstances right now to try to tell you you don't have a choice, but you do. And what you choose makes all the difference. 
And I'm here to tell you that you have the freedom to choose, the anointing to choose, the power to choose what's right. Amen? Father, I thank you for the anointing to stand and feed your precious people. I thank you that you made me an able minister of the New Testament, of the Spirit. As we preach the word, you bring life. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of you that it flows in this place tonight. And the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. We thank you for it. So that we'll know the, what you've called us to. We'll know the rich inheritance that belongs to us in Christ. We'll know the exceeding greatness of your resurrection power working in and for us as believers. And I thank you that you confirm your word, Father, with signs following. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Make this confession with me. I will continue in the words of Christ. And I will be a disciple indeed. I will know the truth, and the truth will set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I want to talk to you about the good news. The word gospel means good news. Amen? So we're going to break down a couple of definitions, and I want to talk to you about the good news, how to make it work. How do you experience the good news and tell you what's good about it? Amen? You know, my wife cooking tastes good. Amen? It's one of the reasons I married her, besides her being mature and spiritual and helpful, but she cooks good. You know, she's been working from home lately, so I've been enjoying a lot more of that cooking. Amen? Haven't been good on my waistline, but I've enjoyed it. But why do I participate? Because it's good. I found out it's good. That's what I want you to understand tonight. That it's good living for God. I lived my way before. I've made my own decisions. But it's, it's good living for God. Amen? You know why it's good? Because even though I face challenges, I win. So I don't cry about challenges. Just another mountain to speak to, not even to climb. To speak to and watch it move. Amen. 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 So Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Christ. Listen to this part. For it is the power of God unto salvation to who? Everyone that what? The gospel is what? It is what? Read, read. It's up there. It is the what? The power what? Unto who? Unto salvation to who? 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 Everyone that what? Everybody can believe something. You can believe something. We are called what? Believers. So what do believers do? Thank you. Y'all are responding. That's what we do. We believe. So the gospel, the good news of the anointed one and his anointing, what's good news? It's power for you. So it's power to everyone who believes unto the Jew first and also to the Greek. So God is no respect of person. If you can believe, power of God unto salvation, unto wholeness, unto healing, unto peace, unto deliverance, unto safety. Power for all those things I just listed is available to you if you'll choose to believe the good news. Amen? The word gospel means to announce good news, to bring good news, a good message. Everyone, uh, well, let me bring it to you in today's term. How many of you ever heard this term in media or news called, that's not the narrative? Right. Yeah. Amen. You know, we learned in school, a narrator is someone who tells a story, right? right? Or really, in their case, someone who brings a message. Right. Amen. So you have the world bringing you a message, and God has brought you a message. His message is good. His message is power. Amen? So it's good news. And guess what? 
I'm not ashamed of it. And you shouldn't either. Amen? So the word news is, is from, from Webster's Dictionary. It means a report of recent events or previously unknown information or something that has a specified influence or effect. So that news that previously unknown information can have an impact on your life. You can't believe for something you don't know. You can't do something you don't know. Amen? So my Bible tells me there's good news available to us. There's power available to us. And you know the one thing you have to do with this good news is you have to believe it and you have to speak it over your life. Amen? Go to Luke chapter 4 and let me show you something. If you don't read your Bible, now listen to me. If you don't really read your Bible, if you are undisciplined in, in devoting yourself to reading the Scriptures, especially your New Testament, especially those letters written to the church, you will not have knowledge of the good news. It's real simple. I tell my church all the reading is fundamental. You know what I mean by fundamentals? They're basic things that you'll have to do over and over and over again, but they'll, they'll, they will produce great results. Amen? One thing I'm so grateful for from learning from Dr. Jacobs is that repetition of the same thing is not bad. He delivered me from the fear of repetition. And he says, son, when some things stand out to you, you got to go over them and over them and over again. And he also taught us this, that if you want people to live in victory, you're going to have to teach them the fundamentals over and over and over and over and over again. So I don't get tired of talking about them. These are basic fundamental things that we have to do that are part of our lifestyle that are not necessarily spectacular, but the most they produce are. And even though they may seem ordinary, and even though they may seem mundane in some cases, they are very, very, very supernatural. Because the word you're giving yourself is alive and full of power, and it's active, and it's operative, and it's energizing, and it's effective. And as you hear it and as you meditate on it, faith begins to rise up on the inside of you to where you start moving into things and speaking to things and power is present and things happen and things change and you find yourself standing in the midst of pressure being victorious because you know something. But if you won't simply read what the Father has written for you, to you, and about you, how will you walk in it? I know it sounds simple. Read your Bible. It sounds simple, don't it? You know what's the most beautiful thing about reading the Bible? That you can know as much of it as you want to. And no one can stop you. Do you have time? You can read. You know, one of my first jobs was working in Burger King at 15 years old. And my cousin was the assistant manager, and she worked me like a Hebrew slave. I thought we was family. And she told us this. She would, she would always say, if you got time, because, you know, I would get a little tired, and i lean on the counter. She'd say, baby, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. So we would clean. You know, our spiritual life is like that. If you got time to lean, you got time to read. If you, if you have time to browse Instagram, you have time to read. If you have time to uh, Netflix, you don't need to be doing no chilling. Just Netflix. You know that I can use that Netflix and chill, you're going to get in some trouble chilling. But if you have time to do those things, you have time to read. There is no premium on ignorance. There's none. And you can say, listen, I, I'm going to knock the excuses off of you because 
This is part of your life. This is your eternity. Why wouldn't you want to know about it? Why wouldn't you want to read it every single day? If, if I gave you a will that said, I'm going to have a certain amount of money available to you every day, rest of your life, but you have to read it for the day when you wake up, how many of you would read it every day? Hmm? The Father has left everything to you that pertains to life and godliness. And all you got to do is wake up every day and let him speak to you about it. And the Holy Ghost will guide you into the truth of it. And he will give you ability to walk it out. And the angels of God will walk with you to make sure it comes to pass. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So let me show you the example of Jesus. This is fundamental, y'all. Basic fundamental things. Everyone can do it. Amen? That, let me tell you something. There's nothing like reading your Bible and God starts talking to you. There's nothing like it. And God starts giving you answers and insight. And you know what to do in every situation, in every circumstance, because you've been spending time fellowshipping with God. Amen? So let me show you how Jesus did this. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Are you there? It says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. That word custom is the same as habit, something he was accustomed to doing, something he did on a regular basis. It says, As his custom was, he went into the synagogue. We could say he went into the church on the Sabbath day. Amen? And what does it say? He stood up for it to what? Man, if Jesus reading, you got to read. And it says he stood up for to read, and verse 7 says, And there was delivered unto him what? The book of the prophet Isaiah. And then in, in the next part of that verse, when he had opened the book, what happened? He found the place where it was written. And read that last part again. He found the place where it was written. How did he know that place? Because he read it more than once. <laughs> you can't, listen, you can't find Zephaniah in your Bible. <laughs> See, y'all laughing because some of y'all don't turn now. <laughs> Unless, one, you've read it and you spent time in it, or two, you know how to go to your table of contents and find it. Amen, which means you're still familiar with your Bible to know that there is even a table of contents in there. Some of you never looked at the table of contents in your Bible. I'm sorry, some of y'all are late, but you just push on the little thing there too. Amen. But you will have to open the book, and you will have to find yourself in the book just like Jesus found himself. Let me tell you something. Your identity is in that book. Your destiny is in that book. Your life is in that book. You have to understand that Jesus came here just like us, flesh and blood, with a free will. He didn't come here knowing every single thing. The Bible says he grew in wisdom. If you grow in wisdom, you don't have it all. You go over there in Luke chapter 2, it said Jesus was sitting in the midst of the doctors hearing them and asking them questions and answering. Amen? So he found the place. See, I, see, this is how I imagine that Jesus opened up the book and he started reading. And the Holy Ghost quickened something to him. He said, wait a minute. That's me. That's me. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's me. I'm not just a carpenter. I'm the Messiah. I'm the same. That's me. Father, that's me. You need to get in your Bible till you start seeing those in Christ scriptures, those in him scriptures, till you say, wait a minute, that's me. That's me. That's me. And then when somebody try to get you to go do something, Somebody try to get you to take your clothes off. Yeah. 
You say, well, now, wait a minute. That's not me. Hey, man, see, when I'm back in the day, somebody, hey, how are you going to go? No, dog, that's not me. That's, that, that ain't me. I didn't say that's not me. That's my bad English. That ain't me. Right. Amen? When you know who you are in him because you read and you found yourself, there's no other book in the world that can show you your identity, your life, and your destiny. But you have to read it. You have to read it. I spent all this time talking about reading. Why? Because let's think about it this way, y'all. I want to help you be practical in your relationship with God. So listen, the reason people can write songs and the reason that people are excited is because they know something from the book. It is real to them. Why is it real to them? Because they meditate on it, they confess it, they speak it, and they watch God bring things to pass because they stood on the word. How can you stand on the word if you don't know it? Amen? I want you to understand these things. Amen? So everybody say, read your Bible. Every day. Every day. Read your Bible. Yeah. Why is that important? Because go to uh, Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. You know, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, while you're turning there, he said, till I come, give attendance to reading. The passage translation says, till I come, let me read it to you. That's it's really good. The passage says, until I come, be diligent in devouring the word of God. Wow. <laughs> See, it says, well, it, it takes time to read. Can I share this with you about reading your Bible too? Let me give you a tip. Read it out loud. Read it out loud. Give you another tip. I don't care how fast you read. Don't let that intimidate you or how slow you read. Just read it. Take your time and read it. Amen? And let God, let the Holy Spirit unveil and unfold truth to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you the truth in God's word and how to apply it. That's what he's there for. He's called the teacher. And he'll help you. Amen. Can I show you a, a little tip that helped me in following the Holy Ghost? When I would read my Bible, I would have these, uh, I call them aha moments. You ever seen the cartoon when the little light bulb cut on, ding, you know, like bright idea? Well, I found out in Romans chapter 8, it says that the Holy Spirit will bear witness to our spirit that we are the children of God. And Jesus told me in John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15, that he would guide me in all truth and tell me of things to come and that he would glorify Jesus. And then I love this part. Jesus said he would take all the things of the Father and show them to me. Amen. And then I found out in John 17, 17, see, I learned all this from reading, that Jesus was praying for the disciples, he said, Father, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is true. So the Holy Spirit would guide me into the truth of the word. And so what would start happening to me is as I would read the word, it was, it was like one moment I didn't understand it, and the next moment lightning flash, boom, revelation would come. See, that's the Holy Spirit bearing witness with you. And, y'all, it happened so lightly, so lightning quick, I thought I was thinking it. And I figured out I really wasn't that smart, apart from the Holy Ghost. It was coming so fast. It, it was like in a flash. It was, and my spirit man was like, yes. And it was happening so fast and so quick. I thought I was thinking it, and I would be talking to people. They'd be like, where did you get that from? I'm like, what do you mean where you get that from? I read the Bible. Read it. You can understand it. And I would go back home, and i said, say, hot dog, God, you talking to me. You talking to me. And you know, the more I began to read, the more I became familiar with the Holy Spirit bearing witness. I got, I got familiar with that. Oh, you're bearing witness to me. And then I would read things and I would stop when something stood out to me. And he would start unfolding more. I got used to him bearing witness with me about the scriptures. 
And you can become so sensitive, guess what? When you need to make a major decision, he used that same method, that bearing witness. See, you practice the development of it through fellowshipping with the word. He wrote it. Amen? So have you ever been in a situation or circumstance you need to make a decision and all of a sudden, scripture comes back up? <laughs> you know who that is? That's the Holy Ghost. You know how I know that's who he is? Because Jesus told me in John 14, 26, that the Holy Ghost would teach me all things and call to my remembrance what he said. So when I was standing where, you know, it was like for a minute, I thought, why does scripture keep coming back up? Because God's saying, hello, I need you to do something. See, but how do you develop that? You got to get in the word. Amen? Go to Hosea 4, 6. You there? You had enough time to get there. Amen? I'm going to read it, but I need to say something to you right now. Grace and peace becomes multiplied in our life through the knowledge of God and his son, Jesus Christ. That's what 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 tells us. It's through the knowledge of him. Some people don't have grace and peace in their lives because they have no knowledge. And reading, see, I'm taking y'all back to school. You ought to be grateful that you live in a country where reading is a priority. Amen? I just took a vacation in uh, Jamaica back in December, and the lady was telling me that some of the kids can't go to school because they have to pay to go to what they call secondary school or high school or junior high school. They have to pay to go. I said, wait a minute, time out. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me, we're not talking about college. We're talking about just everyday school. She said, yes, they have to pay to go. I called my mom. I said, Mama, I don't want to hear nothing about another kid talking about they don't want to do their homework. They subject to get slapped from me. It's like you got people over here. So you, you understand where I'm coming from? Amen. So reading is the primary way we obtain knowledge. So you need to start looking at reading your Bible and say, wait a minute. I'm not getting ready to read to check off my devotion list. I'm getting ready to have grace and peace multiplied unto me. You know what grace is? Grace is God's unmerited favor. You know what that means? That means you can't earn it. That's what unmerited means. You know what? Do you know what favor is? Let me tell you what favor is. Favor is when someone uses their influence their knowledge, their power, their resources on your behalf just because. One act of favor can be worth a lifetime of labor. You can have $2 million and want to do business with someone, but if you don't have favor with them, guess what? They won't do business with you, and money won't answer that. Favor has to answer that. And God says that becomes multiplied in your life through the knowledge of him. Amen? So reading is the primary way that we obtain knowledge. And listen, a lack of knowledge of this good news opens the door for the devil to destroy your life. You cannot sit here and remain ignorant when you know they don't know. See, I'm going to knock the excuses off of you. I, I don't have time for excuses. My daddy got addicted to crack in the height of the 80s in the crack epidemic, and it tore my family to pieces. I watched my mama get us by off of Psalm 23. She didn't have a pastor. She didn't know those spiritual things back then, but she had knowledge that God would take care of us. And I can remember my mama telling me day after day, baby, it ain't going to always be like this. Yeah. I remember days I would come home and open the refrigerator and the light would be so bright I thought E.T. was coming home. <laughs> y'all know, y'all have to watch the movie E.T. But there was nothing in the refrigerator. Somehow we ate. 
finished high school, went on to college, graduated. God taught me how to forgive my father, our relationship restored. But here's the thing I'm saying. I had every opportunity to quit. My mama had every opportunity to quit. I had every opportunity to be disrespectful. I had every opportunity to be mad with folks. At one time in my life, I thought it was just a privilege to live to see 25. You know, because that's what they told us in the news, you know. A lot of black males not making it to 25. Yeah. What changed all that, Pastor Alvin? I'm telling you that word. Changed my life. Amen? And, I, and you know, I had some people do some stuff in the church, but because I was unschooled and unlearning the word, and I made some mistakes and wind up following some fool and left the church that I wasn't supposed to. But God gave me another chance, brought Dr. Jacobs, Pastor Diane in my life. Amen. You think I'm going to leave again? You smoking crack. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know what it's like to be out there without a pastor. And I know firsthand what it's like to be in a place when you have a pastor that won't submit to a spiritual father. It causes damage. You're in a safe place. How did I know these things? You got to read. Amen? And see, because I lack knowledge of what God provided for me, the devil was trying to destroy my life. Here it is, Hosea 4, 6. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. See, sometimes people say, my people perish. It's just the air conditioning. Don't worry about it. <laughs> my people are what? Destroyed. Because of what? Lack of knowledge. Now, you would think, okay, so they didn't have knowledge. Knowledge wasn't available. No, 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 no. Let's keep reading. That's why I tell y'all reading is fundamental. Because thou hast what? Oh. Oh, because you rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou should be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of God. I will also forget thy children. The word reject means to refuse, to despise. So it wasn't that knowledge wasn't available. People rejected it. They refused to read it. They refused to accept it. And the reason when you see that say God said forget their children, it's not that that was on God's side. It was on the parents' side. Because when the children, when the parents don't know the word of God, they can't pass it down to the children. And so to the children, it seems like God has forgotten them. But it's really because mom and daddy didn't teach them. Because mom and daddy rejected the word. But now that you know that from the truth, just because someone in your life has rejected the word doesn't mean you have to. You can read. See, that can't be an excuse no more. Amen? How many of you ever heard this excuse? They didn't teach me. I didn't have that. You ever heard that? You know what that says? That says you are intelligent enough to understand that you're missing something. The responsibility is now no longer on the one who didn't teach you, it's on you. Because now you gotta go get it. You gotta go find out. And guess what? Your pastor waiting to give it to you. You in a place where you can get after it. And I'm saying get after it. See, once you understand that you're lacking knowledge, the person who was supposed to Teach you the knowledge. Don't worry about that. God with them. But now that you have that understanding, God says, I'll teach you if you're willing and don't reject me. Yeah. Have to go after it, y'all. Yeah. You can't use that as an excuse anymore. Once you know that you don't know, you are now responsible for finding out. Yeah. To remain ignorant knowing that you don't know is no excuse. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Go to Deuteronomy 30, 19. I just want to help you. So we have to understand. Good news. It's the power of God. It's available. How do I come into that knowledge? I got to read. Reading is fundamental. Amen? Hallelujah. And listen, you don't, you don't always get goosebumps when you read. But you have to read knowing that it's doing something to you. Can I, can I help you with something? John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word with God, and the word was God, and there was not anything that wasn't made that wasn't made by God. So God and his word are one. You can't separate God from his word, right? 
So to fellowship with the word is to fellowship with God. For you to hear the word is to hear God talking to you. Amen? And when God shows up on the scene, his power manifests, it's not going to violate scripture. Amen? Hallelujah. You, you remember that rich man was talking to Abraham, and he said, you know, let me go back from the dead and tell my brothers so they don't come to this place. What Abraham said, they got the, they got the scriptures. And he said this, yeah, but they will believe somebody from the dead. I'm paraphrasing. And he said, listen, if they won't believe the scriptures, how would they believe somebody coming from the dead? See, if you won't familiarize yourself with the scriptures, how are you going to detect? How are you going to have the spiritual development to recognize when the Holy Ghost is bearing witness to you that he wants to manifest one of his gifts through you? Just trying to help you. Amen? So I, where did I tell you go? Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, he says, I call heaven to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. What? Therefore choose what? Life for what purpose? That both you and what? Your seed may live. When you lack proper knowledge, you don't have the correct information. You need to make right choices. And when you make wrong choices, wrong consequences enter your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Go to Romans 12. You have to allow this good news to influence the way you think. That's what changes your life. Amen. I'll show you this and then I want to tell you what's good about it. See, it's information that I got good news for you. God loves you. I have good news for you. You win. I have news for you. You're blessed. I have good news for you. You're rich. I have good news for you. You're powerful because the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. You're free. I'm going to show you some things. See, you cannot allow what you see in front of you, what's going on in our culture today, to determine how your life will turn out. My Bible tells me, pay attention to Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. Not Nian, not Don Lemon, or any other newscaster, or whoever they are. They're not the author and finisher of my faith. The government is not the author and the finisher of my faith. Jesus is. He's the living word. And my Bible tells me when I don't consider that, I will get weary and faint in my mind. So Jesus is the author and the finisher of my faith. You know what an author does? What's an author? He writes books, right? Don't, don't the author determine how the story goes? Now, listen, if, the, it don't, if he wants it to take a turn here, don't, don't they write it that way? And if they want the ending to be different, don't they change it? Amen? Quit letting the world write your story. Let the word narrate your life. Amen? I just want to help you. Listen to this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation. When you think right about the word, when you believe right about the word, when you talk right about the word, those things begin to renew your mind. You start making new decisions, and guess what happens? Your life transforms. Amen? Romans 12, 2 from the Passion Translation says, Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but inwardly be transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. In the King James, it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word transform comes from a Greek word metamorpho, where we get the word metamorphosis from. Amen? Anybody ever seen a caterpillar? It experiences what? Metamorphosis. What does it turn into? A butterfly. Do you know how it turns into a butterfly? How? Spins a cocoon, right? You know where the cocoon comes from? Huh? 
It comes from the mouth of the caterpillar. It spins out, out of his mouth this thing called chrysalis. You know where chrysalis comes from? <laughs> what the caterpillar eats. I'm going to help you all today. So, hey, see, the ability to be a butterfly is already on the inside of the caterpillar. That's how God made them. See, the world may say, you are an ugly old caterpillar. But God said, no, nah, baby, you're a butterfly. Amen. And the outside pressure may say, you can't fly. Look at you, you got to crawl around on the ground, got to crawl on these leaves. But then God said, eat the leaves. See, he starts feeding on the leaves, and then he starts spitting out the chrysalis, which makes the cocoon, and now the cocoon so surrounds the caterpillar, he can't see anything but what came out of the inside of him. See, you got to feed on the word of God and start spitting out some Holy Ghost chrysalis. Till all you see is victory, till all you see is healing. You just make you a big old cocoon that everywhere you look, you say, wait a minute, I'm here. Wait a minute, I'm rich. Wait a minute, I'm free. Wait a minute. And you stay in that thing and meditate and meditate until you bust out. You say, hold up, world. Here come a butterfly, a faith butterfly. Amen. See, that's, that's what the word does to you. You have to create a cocoon around your head to where this environment can't get in. And the only thing you see is victory, victory. You see healing. You see power. You see freedom. Everybody said, what you talking about? No, see, I got a cocoon. And that's where transformation takes place. But let me tell you what's good. Here's the good thing about the, the good news of the gospel. Number one, there's power available to meet every need that, you may, that may arise in your life. Luke chapter 4, 18 through 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are bruised. Good news to the poor. You don't have to be poor anymore. You have a full supply. The brokenhearted. We, we heal to make whole the brokenhearted. If you're broken down or torn down, maybe people spoken bad things to you. You're free. The gospel, the good news is you don't have to be brokenhearted anymore. Recovering the sight to the blind, you need to see some things. God will give you insight into things. Amen? Liberty to those who are bruised. There's freedom for you. There's deliverance from you. And the word acceptable year of the Lord is the free-flowing favors of God that profusely abound. That's good news for every area of your life. Amen? Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I'm going to read it to you for the Amplify. Here's the second thing. God has a good life made ready for you to live. But you'll have to choose the path that he set before you. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 to you from the Amplify Bible. It's a good life made ready for you to live. All you got to do is choose. The Holy Ghost will show you how to live it. I keep telling y'all living for God is good. Yeah, yeah. Amen? Listen to this in verse 10. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. Look at that, born anew. That we may do those good works which God predestined. Guess what he did? Playing beforehand for us. Look at that part. Taking paths which he prepared what? Ahead of time. That you should walk in there. Here's my favorite part. Living a good life. <laughs> Living for God is good, I'm telling you. Amen. Living the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Here's another thing about the good news. See, where are you from, Pastor Adam? I'm getting it from the scriptures. There's a letters written to the church. See, you have to meditate on it. You know what it means to meditate? Mutter it to yourself. Y'all know how to mutter to yourself? Huh? If you don't know how, you've done it already. When your mama tell you you can't do something, oh, she made me sick, I can't ever do anything. But you say it low enough to where you think she can't hear you, 
But mamas have supernatural hearing. You don't say it loud enough because you know you might be missing some teeth or have a fat lip. At least that's the way it was in my house. You mutter stuff and talk back. See, when, when pressure comes to you, talk back. Talk back the word. Mutter the word to yourself. They try to tell you you're going to lose. I don't know what you're talking about. I win. God always calls me to triumph in Christ Jesus. My Lord, give me the victory. I always win. I'll be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I don't know what the devil's talking about. He's got the wrong one today. Because I overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. If he wants some of this sword of the spirit, I'm going to give it to him. See, that you have to walk the flow meditating like that. You have to speak it to yourself. You have to speak it over your life instead of speaking what these stupid rappers are saying in these rap songs. Why, can I ask y'all a question? Why would you want to fill up on death, filth, and destruction all day long? And some of you see it in your own neighborhood. You won't talk about keeping it real. Staying woke. Look, you sleep. <laughs> Listening to that foolishness. No, I'm serious. You sleep. Because that book there tells you about the supernatural that affects what you see. And it's highly ordered and orchestrated. So I learned that. I, I listened to my pastor. He teach me. Dr. Jacobs teach me. See, like, say for instance, you see that up on that screen. The reason you see that is not because of the ability of the projector, but more about the coding that's behind it. What's behind it that produces that does not look anything like that image up there? If you saw the coding that was behind that, the computer coding, you couldn't even understand it unless you were trained in it. Spiritually speaking, there is some coding behind what you see in front of you. And the Bible hacks the code for living. You need to be a Holy Ghost hacker. Because people can't figure out life and they freaking out. I don't have to freak out. Because I got the Holy Ghost. He's a hacker. You don't know what to do with your life? The Holy Ghost don't. He can hack that thing for you. Amen? But the word shows you how he does it. Amen? So where did I tell you to go? Colossians 2. I got to read you there and then I got to stop. Colossians 2 verse 8 through 10 says, Be aware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Don't let people take you off into foolishness. Amen? Amen? Just because somebody have money and, and can play a sport real good don't mean they know how to live. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know the Bible says that there's the prosperity of the wicked will destroy them. But the blessing of the Lord, they make it rich and add no sorrow with it. See, the Bible will help you think right. So he says here in verse 9, it says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And guess what? And he says, You are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. I don't care if maybe you born into a family and you think you've been at a disadvantage. When you were born into the family of God, you became complete. I don't care if they say you're missing something. God says in Christ, in that anointing, in the anointed one and his anointing, you're complete. You're not missing anything. And if you'll meditate on it, the Holy Ghost will show you how to experience and live complete. Amen? Amen. So, see, see, this is how you learn. See, this is how I learned how to forgive my father. Because I was mad. I was going to kill him. No, for real. Because I told my mom, I said, you tell him, stay away from me. I stay away from him. Because if it go down, somebody going to get hurt. And it's probably going to be me. But I didn't care. 
That's how ate up and bitter I was. Because how could you leave me uncovered? How could you leave? I'm afraid. But I can't show that. I'm unsure of myself. But I can't show that either. Because, you know, I, we come up in the neighborhood, you know, you can't let people push you around or they're going to be pushing you around all the time. So you can imagine what my mind was like when the Bible started telling me, do what? Love? Turn the other cheek? No, I'm going to turn your cheek. <laughs> then I won't have to turn mine. See, you start getting these bad habits and responding in certain ways, and the devil just sets you up to take you out. But the word of God changed all that for me. So I start blaming other people for the poor choices I make. See, some of y'all old enough to know you can make some choices. Amen? I don't, I don't care what they did or what they should have done. And can I share something with you? Everything I thought I lost that I should have had in life, I found out Jesus gave it back to me. <laughs> you cry all you want to. Jesus gave it back to me. I could have cried. My daddy did this, didn't do that. Jesus gave it back to me. I'm okay. Jesus gave it back to me. I'm good. He gave it back to me. I don't need to be mad with you. And really, if I look at my own life, when I think about what he forgave me of, who am I to hold anything against you? Amen? Stand on your feet with me. I gave you some good news. Amen? If anything you ought to get out of the day, you ought to be, I ought to have some more Bible readers in here. Huh? Y'all remember Dr. Jacob saying this statement, you're going to have to weigh out some Bibles. Hmm? You ain't got number time. Y'all don't pay any bills. You don't go punch a clock, right? Because you got time to read your Bible, don't you? How about you find out what God really said about you? Amen? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. If you're here today and if, if, you are, if you've been dealing with some elbow pain, particularly in your left elbow, God wants to heal you today. Amen. Hallelujah. If there's anybody, if that fits anybody in your left elbow, kind of when you move around, 